Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined as always by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? I'm certified baby, I've got tats saying I am a certified Japanophile and I'm ready to get the show on the road and... Uh, yeah, I'm a little sleepy, to be honest, Chris. That'd be a great voice clip. <laughs> That'd be a great soundbite. <laughs> Just to stick somewhere. You um, you sent me, so ladies and gentlemen, Pete sent me a nice little picture today online mm. on our little conversation uh, of, a, of his watch, his wristwatch, with a photo of Pete and me, Pete and I in Japan doing mm. something. Turns out it's our one-year anniversary since your last trip to Japan, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, I, I got a little... Um a little smartwatch, because uh, I saw it and I thought, I'll see what they're like, and I always stick on eBay if it doesn't work, out for me. Uh, and I've been loving it, quite frankly, but every now and again, it'll sort of buzz my arm and go, here is a one-year anniversary of this happening. And the only time it's done it so far is pictures of Chris and your friend, uh, your mate, who's American, I believe. Uh, he's a very charismatic uh... man. Oh, Nelson. Nelson, that's him, that's him. Canadian guy. I've Uh, I've mentioned him in my videos before just simply as Canadian guy because I wanted to keep him anonymous. Now I've I've ruined that anonymity by saying his name. That's why you listen to the podcast because it gives you behind-the-scenes knowledge of the Abroad Japan YouTube channel. (laughs) Absolutely. I've had a weird day. I've uh, I've just come back from Yamaguchi Prefecture and I've eaten fugu, <gasps> which is the blow, blowfish. Wow. I first time I saw fugu was in The Simpsons, back in the golden days of The Simpsons yeah. in the early 90s. One of my favourite episodes, I think it's season two or three, Homer eats some, he goes to a Japanese restaurant, and he has some blowfish, and it's been poorly cooked or poorly prepared by some crappy chef. And he's, he eats the poison, and he's told he's got 24 hours to live. And it's a really good episode, I absolutely love it. And that's all I could think about as I was eating this bloody blowfish. I even watched the chef carve the blowfish up before me. It was the most graphic thing I've ever seen in my life. He (laughs) got this uh, polystyrene box out, opened it, and there was a blowfish alive there. And he sort of pulled it out and the blowfish was blowing, like like they do, puffing up and down. Uh, And it was horrible. We just pulled out a knife and decapitated it 
to pieces while it was still alive. Oh, no. And I felt really bad for the fish. Like, uh, I wasn't expecting that at all. I thought it was going to already kind of be dead and look more, well, not look as fresh as it was, shall we say. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah, I I witnessed this live fish just being carved alive, basically. Alas, the fugu itself, the raw fugu, was really nice. Very kind of chewy, rubbery texture. Right. If you put it in some soy sauce... It's uh, it's rather good. It's full of collagen, apparently, so it's good for the skin. Uh, <laughs> I like the um, I, I like the fact that uh, it's like oh, it, it's really rubbery, and then you put it in soy sauce, and then it's nice. It's like, do you just like soy sauce, Chris? Is that the situation? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have much flavour, so yeah. it was it was basically just soy sauce tasting rubber. There's there's um, a reason why it, it kind of worked. It's just a well, it's a hard man dish, isn't it? For hard men, it's a hard man dish. <laughs> yeah. It requires special training. You need a you need like a certificate to actually be able to do it. And mm. if you uh, apparently a few people do die every year, but they're, they're always people who have just caught the fish and boldly proclaim, "I can cook this," and then they mess it up. Yeah. But when the guy uh, pulled it apart, ripped it apart with a knife, he separated it into the bits that are poisonous, the bits that are edible, and it was really interesting. Like he, he was quite graphic again. He pulled out like the heart and was like, no, don't eat that. Then he like cut out the liver and he was like, no, don't eat the liver. Apparently they're poisonous because the blowfish eat a lot of shellfish. So rather than the poison being kind of uh, created or like, what yeah. would you say, produced within the fish, mm. they just eat a lot of poisonous s- seafood, uh, uh. other fish that are poisonous or have minute amounts of poison. Then it just sort of accrues within the blowfish. Um, but there are places in Japan, I think, I want to say Oita Prefecture, no, that's wrong, but there is a place in Japan where you can really eat the liver, the poisonous liver of the blowfish, because they are Fun. raised in such a way uh. that they don't eat other poisonous fish. But uh. Uh, yeah, it's a weird dish, it's kind of pricey. The dish that we had, it's like $150 Jeez. portion. Uh, yeah, so it was for a video, which is coming out soon, uh, but... Yeah, I, I don't think I'd eat it again, really. But <laughs> worth trying once. It's an the fish looks really cool. I love the fish. Yeah, they do. They're, they're, they're big old, big old heavy fish, aren't they? Like they're big, like big fat koi. Well, like like a balloon, basically. Yeah, like a fishy balloon. Delicious. But I'm excited about the video going out. I I looked up a video about blowfish, about fugu on YouTube, and I saw a video with 40 million views, which I've I've never seen that. Jeez. It's very rare to see a video with that many views. Yeah. 40 million views, and it's about fugu. It's just about blowfish. It's not even a good video, I don't So think. maybe you should so, go back and do a little crossed. video. Yeah, so the video, we're filming it in November, straight after the cycle. So if I survive the cycle, my first, the first thing I'll be doing, two or three days after finishing in Kagoshima, will be hopping on like a car, driving to Yamaguchi Prefecture, uh, about three or four hours away, and mm. eating a blowfish and filming that. So, Beautiful. What a great way to recover from a ridiculous <laughs> cycle. <laughs> so today we are doing a Q&A, guys. We've got a lot of messages in the fax machine yeah. sent in by you all from around the world. Uh, so we're going to go through a few of them. And what have we got to start with, Mr Donaldson? Uh, we've got an email from uh, Jace. Hello, Jace. G'day, lads. Jace here from Adelaide, down under, Australia. Uh, I've been binge listening to your podcast and I'm finally up to date. I'm currently sitting in a Japanese garden in our city centre listening to the current podcast, getting the full 4D experience. How lovely. The garden is a tribute to Adelaide's sister Japanese city, Himeji. Uh, My question is, have you been to Himeji? And uh, if it's on your bike route, my challenge to you, Chris, to see if there's an Aussie-style garden there to represent Adelaide as a sister city. Good luck with the ride, Mm. says Jace. 
Nice. I'm, I'm, I must say, I'm quite impressed with your Australian accent. That's quite I know, convincing. Right? I, uh... Would you like to twiddle my sideburns a little? No worries, oh, mate. Oh, you've, you've ruined, ruined it, it by implementing a, key, <laughs> a cliche phrase. <laughs> Schoolboy error there. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, well done. Maybe you should do the rest of the podcast in that voice. I think but so. As for Himeji, the city about two or three hours, I think it's two hours from Kobe, and it's got a splendiferous castle which you may have seen in the James Bond movie, You Only Live Twice. I've always wanted to go to that castle in Himeji, but I've never had the time. But the cycle is actually going through that area, and I'll be doing that segment, I think, with Ryotaro, who's also never been there and always wanted to go. Ryotaro's joining straight after you, Pete. So I cycle with Pete around from Fukui to Kyoto, and then Ryotaro kicks in, jumps in, and then we go to Himeji. So, yeah, that'll be on the cycle. And so I will. I will, Jace. I will try and find this Aussie-style garden. I don't know what that will entail. Probably a, a barbecue. I don't know. <laughs> what, what does an Australian-style garden look like? Any idea? Um, uh, what's, what's big in Australia? Tim Cahill, a footballer. Maybe there'll be a statue to um, Tim Cahill. I can only imagine. Um, kind of kangaroo. I've, I've, I have actually, I have actually stereotypes been, in one garden. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've actually um, cock hat. Um, I've actually been to uh, Himeji, and it's beautiful. Like the, you get out the train station, it's just a long road towards the castle that dominates the skyline, and it's, um, wow. it's stunning. It really is beautiful. Uh, and before I went into Himeji Castle, I um, spilt um, ice cream all down myself. I know basically <laughs> the image of people coolish. Uh, Possibly coolish, yes. It was possibly chocolate flavoured coolish, Chris. Um, that's the thing. People just think I just drink and eat coolish, and that's kind of true. But I do occasionally visit castles. <laughs> castles, sake, and ice cream. Yeah, it's Pete a, it's a wonderful. It's a wonderful castle. It's one of the. I mean, it's a it's a World Heritage site, isn't it? It's a UNESCO um, site. It must be good then. It must be good. They know their onions. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Genuinely, mm. I've seen a lot of castles in Japan and. Uh, yeah, this is the most famous one, arguably. Yeah, so, yeah. Fingers crossed. Be- Let's find that Aussie garden. Yeah, we've got a message, an email from Craig. It says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. Have a trip to Japan coming up this November. Your channel and podcast have been great for planning and knowing what to expect in different places." Yeah, thanks, Craig. Uh, you've also talked about key phrases in the language before, and I'm wondering if there are any similar key body language or gestures you should keep in mind while interacting with people. Thanks, Craig. Um, the most important thing I'd say is don't point. I always oh. make that error, especially when I was a teacher, right? Because teachers point at things all the time. But in Japan, it's really rude to do that. I mean, is it is it kind of rude in the West? I can't remember. Uh, it is kind of rude, isn't it? But like, I think if you you know if you point directly at someone's face, I mean, that's not good. But yeah, it's it's kind of. I mean, if you pointed at any part of someone's body, that's very invasive. Mm. Isn't that weird though? It's very invasive to point at someone's leg or you know <laughs> belly <laughs> just gonna go cycle across japan pointing at random people yeah, in the fields of see japan what they say. when you point at yourself in japan you point at your nose you kind of sort oh. of if you say me in in the west what you kind of point at our chest right in yeah. japan they point at their nose they even touch their nose a little bit uh point at their nose and well, when you want forgiveness when you've messed up and you kind of want to say sorry you put your hands together like you're praying. Uh, I remember one day I offended a student in class in a really awkward event, which I've tried to wipe from my memory. Right. Uh, it was basically it was one of my first months, and there was a. Uh, I was I was getting students to list 
British desserts or something. I can't really really remember. But anyway, I was getting one of the students to spell the phrase Knickerbocker Glory. Right. right? The uh, the ice cream dish, which I think is only popular in the UK. Don't know. I don't, don't even think I've even had Knickerbocker Glory. Anyway, I, I, uh, I yeah, some student was spelling it out on the blackboard and he, he spelt it as Knickerbocker G. And I was like, uh, Nick a poker G is brilliant. It sounds like a poker player or something. And everyone was laughing. And I said, I sort of said like, oh, that could be your new nickname, Nick a poker G, in a kind of tongue in cheek manner. And he got really angry and offended and upset because like, <laughs> I, I only dawned on me like this, this, this event could like come to haunt him for the rest of his time at school. Students calling him Nick a poker G, you know, <laughs> this shy Japanese guy, so shy weird. Japanese kid. So, he got really angry and like smashed his textbooks on the desk for me calling him Nickapoka G. <laughs> and like me and the teacher had to apologise. And she like put her hands together and sort of was like, oh, sorry, you know, and I, I, that's when I realised, ah, oh, right, so you put your hands together if you want forgiveness, like you're praying. So, yeah, I wonder how old Nickapoka G is doing these days. Yeah, I imagine yeah. he's probably a I rapper mean, with that name. He better be. Nickapoka G. Mm. But I mean, I, I got... I got bullied at school, didn't I? Remember the old... I think I told you, people used to call me... Uh, what was it? Trouble. Trouble. Just because my mum came up to me once when I was standing in a crowd of my friends and went, oh, hello, Trouble. And for three years, everyone just called me Trouble at school. I mean, is that uh, is that really bullying? Because that sounds like a badass uh, nickname to me. What, Trouble? Yeah, No, because they did it in that voice. Uh, trouble. They came up to me and went, hello, Trouble. <laughs> and All another right, time... You. I, I think I, I can't remember if I said this one. I was on the phone to my mum once at school and a friend of mine overheard me speaking. My mum said, you know, what do you want for dinner? And I said, I'll have sausages. And from that, that came, became my next nickname for the next five years. People just came up to me and went, I'll have sausages. <laughs> so those are my nicknames. So I mean, they're quite, they're quite I, funny. I mean, they're quite funny nicknames. Trouble. Oh, trouble. They're and funny. I'll have sausages. <laughs> You're literally a dog. But when you, when you have people doing it, Every day, like ten times, it <laughs> gets to you a bit. Oh, so I realised shortly after my Nickapoka G mistake that I could be inflicting the same fate upon this poor this poor boy. But there you go. <laughs> be careful what you do when you're a teacher in Japan. That was one of my biggest mistakes, I think. Yeah. Like doing that. And uh, yeah, what else is there? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Don't point. And if you call someone Nickapoka G. And you want to apologise, put your hands together like you're praying. Mm. I love sausages. The only um, gestures you'll ever need. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> do a lot of... Uh, oh, I always do a lot of apologising. Not again. Um, Brandon Olsen, not from Sweden, apparently. Um, I enjoy your podcast every Thursday evening over my last coffee of the day. Um, you shouldn't be drinking coffee in the evening, uh, Brandon, not from Sweden. Um, while driving home from work, um, hearing your fun stories from Japan takes the sting out of the Northern Virginia commuting, so I always look forward to listening. Uh, Chris, you're looking sharp. Are you still oh, using nice. the same weight loss methods now that you used in your earlier videos, or have you adopted any new ones? Well, I haven't been eating sausages. No sausages. Um, no more sausages. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have lost a bit of weight. It's because I've been using that uh, the old watch thing, the yeah. old step counter. Step counter. And I've been successfully doing 10,000 steps, I'd say, 80% of the time for the last two months now. Yeah. So that's had an effect. And I don't eat that much. I've cut down to just two meals a day, for better or worse. So that helps. Um, yeah. But that's all I've been doing, really. 
I need to check my weight. I don't know how much weight I've, I've, what my current weight is. The last time I checked, I was 79 kilograms. Right. And before that, I was 85 kilograms, about a month before. So, yeah, I've lost a little bit, but I hope I've lost more. I'm going to weigh myself straight after this podcast, to be honest. Oh, treat yourself. My goal was to lose weight. Well, yeah. (laughs) My goal was to weigh, my goal was to um, lose weight, obviously, before the cycle, because every kilogram that I've got on me is going to make things a little bit tougher. Mm. Um, so we'll see. But um, yeah, I do try and do intermittent fasting where you only eat for about eight hours of the day. I typically eat between 11 a.m. till 7 p.m. Right. Um, five days of the week. And so maybe that helps as well to regulate my body or something. I don't know. But yeah, I I don't know. That's that's all I've done, really. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm, um... I haven't even really cycled that much. Yeah, because you, so. you've been busy sort of filming and stuff back and forth. You did say that you did like um, a good, did you do a 20 kilometre or something quite recently and you um, you quite enjoyed it? You don't yeah, feel well, quite so, um, uh, your body didn't feel quite so ruined after it? Yeah, so I cycled around, uh, the video should have, should be out by now. It's, it's Yeah, I cycled around Lake Kawaguchi at the base of Mount Fuji. Yeah. We did, I'm going to say about 30 kilometres. Mm. And actually the next day my legs didn't hurt at all. I was yeah. really surprised. I thought I would be like falling over, crying in pain. Uh, but yeah, no problem at all. So that was really encouraging. And I'm going to probably cycle tonight after this podcast. I bought a brand new seat for the bike, which shouldn't destroy my backside like the mm. last seat did. Yeah. Uh, so that's exciting. But yeah, I, I don't know. I still feel like I'm either going to be okay on the cycle or I'm absolutely fucked and I don't know which one it is yet. Like, we'll know. We'll know soon. We'll know really early on. But um, fingers crossed. But no, if you want to lose weight, Brandon, just walk a lot and don't eat too much and yeah. you'll be fine. Good luck. Good See luck. how you go. And Oh, yeah, drink lots of coffee. But don't drink coffee in the at the end of the day. I used to do that and I could never sleep. So, <laughs> yes, be careful. Coffee's a dangerous thing. Lovely old job. Um, we got a, uh, another email from Matt. Hello, Matt. Hi, uh, Pete and Chris. Uh, I love your podcast and find you both hilarious. Um, especially Pete after a couple of cups of coffee. How rude. Anyways, Chris, uh, I don't, we, I don't we know you that. want. I mean, to be honest, whenever. Because I've got record in the morning, Chris has to record in the evening. Um, I'm usually just maybe one coffee in. I never have more than uh, more than one coffee usually. Um, anyway, uh, Matt says. Uh, anyways, Chris, we know you once. We know you once had a Japanese girlfriend. We <laughs> knew that. Um, I'm just curious if there were any issues culture-wise and things you might need to know or remember when dating a Japanese girl or guy. Well, it's not really a secret that I had a Japanese girlfriend. She was in quite a few of the videos, like secret. the uh, swear words video. Oh, she, she was in. She was in a few videos, I think three or four videos, and in my weight loss series that I made, she was there too. Um, Shout out, yeah. We dated for, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I got her, what was it, I got a really crappy present for Valentine's Day. I think I got her, oh yeah, I got her some post-it Brilliant. notes. Everyone loves post-it notes. Yeah. I use them yeah, like every day, I, mean, I use like 20 post-it notes a day. That's too many. You make a little pixel art on your I, window. I Well, I figured she'd appreciate it, but no, no, it didn't work. And she, yeah, no. she lost her shit at me and it doesn't work. So it's don't not, buy post-it notes for not, your not, not Japanese classic, partner. Uh, not classic omiyagi kind of behaviour, really. It's like picking up some post-it notes. Um, what, like Karate Kid? Is it omiyagi? It, omiyagi, the, um, omiyagi, the... Uh, oh, right, I thought the, you said like... Mr. Miyagi. Well, that's what, how I remember... Or Miyagi, I, I always think about giving a present of chocolate or something to Mr. Miyagi. That's the only reason why I remember that. 
the sort of sort of thing you'd do, isn't it? Yeah. I um yeah no. In terms of tips for dating Japanese guy or girl, I think it gets serious very quickly. Right. Like, even after six months, there was talk of like marriage and stuff, and I was like, no, no, not yet, not for another twenty years. I don't, marriage is not a thing that I get excited about anyway. But like, yeah, it was very early on. Things were discussed like that. It got mm. serious very quick. Um, it's because in Japan, you you kind of settle down around 27 to 29 years old typically after that it becomes quite difficult you know there's a stigma in japan around getting married or you know finding someone later on in your early 30s and whatnot Mm. you know it's it's said that you're out of date you're expired if you if you're single after your 30s Mm. you're someone not worth pursuing so it does get very serious very quick so that's something worth bearing in mind and there are definitely cultural factors that make it a little bit difficult. It was fun at first because, you know, I could teach her about English and the UK and all the stuff that I knew. And she taught me about Japan. She kind of opened up a lot of doors for me, quite literally and metaphorically uh, <laughs> opened up doors for me. Because in Japan, guys go through the door first and the girls hold the door. Do they? A bit awkward, a bit weird. What? Yeah. Not sure I understand it's, that. It's one of those things... That's why they say that Japan is sexist or something. But actually, I found out that historically... The guys went through the door first because there might be ninjas or samurai. Oh, or something. right. It's kind okay. of like a seen as being safe for the guy to go ahead first into the room. I don't know if someone's made that up. I don't know if it's true, but it's a nice little way of getting around that. Um, so when I used to hold open the doors for my female colleagues, they'd be like, oh, wow, you're such a gentleman. And I'd be like, yeah, what? Yeah. And I went along with it. But um, yeah, but yeah, she she kind of got me into life in Japan and she was it was really fun for the first year and then it got really really serious and I was just not ready for that you know so after that it kind of fizzled out gradually and then she moved away to to Tokyo from Yamagata um so yeah I don't know just bear in mind it can be very serious very quick um but yeah I don't like to make sweeping generalizations about Japanese guys or girls when it comes to dating I don't know. Have we have we talked about it in a podcast before in depth? I can't remember. Yeah, I think we probably have. I think we have. We're probably not in, de- in depth. I think um, I always sort of see online on YouTube and stuff all of the channels that are talking mm. about um, dating and stuff, possibly because the sort of people who want to come to Japan, you know, 60% are young lads who like anime and video games and, you know, right. think that um, Japanese women are the best. Um uh, I think I think there's a lot of that kind of fraff on the internet where it's like how to date Japanese mm-hmm. girls. Um, you you might be a guy who's not very handsome in your hometown, but in Japan you're going to be a real hot guy. It's not the case. Not the case anywhere. That's right. Absolute nonsense. I mean, to be fair, I do have a video called "How to Date Japanese Girls." Yeah, but that was silly. That was views. a silly one, though, wasn't it? And, and but it, but it is a bit how of dare a. You? It puts bums on silly seats, video. doesn't it? It puts bums on seats. Yeah, but you're being. <laughs> facetious you're, 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 it's a pastiche of those videos yeah I mean, it is just one satirical mess <laughs> um, yeah I didn't take it seriously at all but a lot of people <laughs> did um, but yeah there is this I think there's that sense of as a foreigner maybe you, you sort of just turn up to Japan and the girls will flock to you yeah and you'll be fine and everything will be brilliant and it'll be great and no it doesn't really work like that at all in my experience mm. Um it doesn't work like that. I think Japanese girls in general, I think they would find it 
complicated and a bit annoying to date a foreigner or to take to have a serious relationship mm. unless you speak Japanese fluently. Yeah, in which case it's yeah it's quite easy I think. But there's that factor in the way because in Japan they put uh, there's a massive emphasis on the family right and it can you know it can be a real problem if you're dating someone who lives who's from overseas and you have to leave Japan uh, and abandon your family and whatnot. So there's a lot of big factors in play that can make the relationship a little bit difficult or a bit serious. But if you are coming to Japan, you learn Japanese, and you become fluent, and you settle down in Japan with your partner, then I think it's a lot easier. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Sweet chocolate. Wow. Um, we've got an email from Alex. Hello, Alex. Hi, Chris and Pete. I listen to the podcast uh, going to uh, and leaving work. It ramps me up for work and also winds me down for home. I was wondering if either of you had a place, like uh, whether as big as a city or small as a shop, that you really want to visit, but you just haven't done it yet. Why that place? What stopped you? So uh, that's Alex from North Carolina. Is there somewhere you really want to go? There is. There's an arcade in Tokyo that's modelled after the Kowloon Walled City. It's called the Kawasaki oh. Warehouse. I've never been there. Quite a few of my friends have been and loved it. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Kowloon Walled City was a ridiculous little residential area in Hong Kong. It was the densest place on earth by far, I think. And it was knocked mm. down in the 90s. I think there was hundreds of thousands of people living there in just a few blocks in this kind of... Uh, conglomeration of apartments it almost looked like a big giant cube and people lived in just such ridiculous close quarters had such a cool atmosphere and if you just look it up online it's uh, it just looks incredible like i'm kind of sad that it's gone on the other hand it doesn't look like a place that humans should be living really no but it's uh yeah they've got an arcade in tokyo that's modeled after it or what it what they think it might look like and it Mm. looks really cool and i want to go there and make a video. Also really want to go to Kagoshima, the end goal of the cycle, because everyone I talk to about the city of Kagoshima absolutely loves it. I think it's because there's a volcano in the sea, like a few kilometres from the city, which looks really picturesque and cool. So, Mm. yes, 
those are my two things I want to do. What about you? Um, I'm just googling this uh, this uh, arcade. It looks amazing. But also, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, yeah. of the idea of um, the Cowlin Wall City. I visited the site. Uh, that used to be the Cowland Wall City. They've, they've obviously knocked it down, or they knocked it down in the late nineties, and it's now. I think we've spoken about the Wall City before yeah. on this podcast, but um, yeah, they've yeah, made a little briefly. kind of a little peace park. But it's fascinating, fascinating um, creation. These people just sort of all living on top of each other and stuff. But um, yeah, I, the, the, the annoying thing is again because I don't drive. Um, it was a bit of an eye opener, sort of visiting sort of Nagata sort of area. Uh, where you took me, or wherever we went, was it Yamagata? Yamagata, it's sort of oh Yamagata sort of area. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit like that's the first sort of taste. Yeah, you really of rural, rural, you seem to relish rural it. life. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and so, and also like all of the um, like Okinawa. I've never been to Okinawa. Never been to um, mm. Kumamoto, places like that. So yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely somewhere I definitely want to go. I really, I, I really enjoyed Nagasaki and Fukuoka. So I'd quite actually uh, like to explore that um, that part of Japan again. But just go around a little bit more. There's never enough time. Never enough time, Chris. Yeah, I know, right? I know. I, I actually, I forgot. Yeah, I really want to go to Nagasaki. I want to go to a place called uh, I think it's called Hirado, 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 mm. uh, which is where the British landed in Japan in like the uh, uh, 1600s, the early 1600s. Right. That's it. Uh, where the British turned up and first built relations with the Japanese before, of course, they were expelled shortly after, a few decades later. But I've always wanted to go there because I've read a really cool book called uh, Samurai William. And it's about William Adams, the first foreign samurai who came to Japan from Gillingham, which is not far from where <laughs> I'm from in Kent. It took him two years to sail to Japan, for God's sake. Jeez. Uh, and he became the right-hand man of the emperor, uh, Tokugawa Ieyasu. Became like his top advisor or something. So, yeah, I really want to go there. I really want to see what the British settlement looked like, mm. the sort of place that the British would have turned up to, you know, 400 years ago. So that's just outside, <clears throat> it's just outside Nagasaki. So, yeah, kill two birds with one stone. Go to Nagasaki, go to Harado. I'll be delighted. That's on my hit list. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, yeah. Uh, message here from Aaron. He says, To Chris and Pete, howdy from Texas. Really enjoying the podcast. Been listening to it while I work at my job. Work as a chandelier installer. Wow. Putting 4,000 crystals on a chandelier can get really boring. And it's great to have an engaging podcast to listen while I work. That is mental. 4,000 crystals on a chandelier. Well done to you, Aaron. That's too just, many. <laughs> I, I just hope we don't ever jump scare you while you're listening to the podcast yeah. and the... <laughs> the aforementioned crystal chandelier comes crashing to the ground. Like the, um, bad. Uh, like, my question. <laughs> like, uh, was it? Only Fools and Horses. Well, horses. he's from Texas. Oh, yeah, of course. Won't, won't know about Britain's biggest sitcom. He might do. Only Fools and Horses, <laughs> check it out. He might do. My question for you all is, have either of you been to any of Japan's aquariums, or do you have any interest Ooh. in visiting one? I'd love to see a video on Sumida Aquarium in Tokyo or Osaka Aquarium. I've heard Japan is some of the most beautiful aquariums in the world. The Japanese have a huge influence on the aquarium hobby. And I'd like to hear what you think from Aaron. What I think, Aaron, is that Osaka Aquarium is pretty damn good. I've been there yeah. a few times. And actually, we might go on the cycle, but just south of Sakata, the town I used to live and... Uh, where we'll be cycling on the first day of the trip. They've got a jellyfish aquarium, which is the biggest jellyfish aquarium in the world, and it's absolutely stunning. There's thousands, millions of jellyfish, all colours and shapes and sizes floating around. Very picturesque, very beautiful. Mm. And I really want to film it, if we get the chance. 
Um, so yeah, that's my knowledge of aquariums. Go to Osaka Aquarium; it's brilliant, and go to the Jellyfish Aquarium. I always find I always find um, aquariums quite relaxing because obviously everyone's floating around. But like like anything with like jellyfish, anything with like um, octopus, oh, it's uh, and there's subdued lighting because obviously you know they, they light up the, the 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 tanks and then you're in the darkness. It's it's very very um, therapeutic. I think trippy. The the jellyfish one certainly is like yeah I. I probably will film it. I don't know if it'll fit in nicely with the cycle, but <laughs> yeah, there's a really nice uh, point where you just stand in front of this tank and there's like hundreds, thousands of jellyfish just floating around. It Amazing. looks hypnotically beautiful. So <laughs> I might try and fit that in. Uh, what have we got? Uh, Hurtling towards in the show, but we do have uh, space for Daniel's email. Hello, Daniel. Hi, Chris and Pete. So, f- uh, so as far as I can tell you, our videos slash podcasts, uh, Japan is a very polite society and country in general. So with that in mind... I was wondering, what are some examples of common Japanese profanity? Um, how likely would one be to hear language like that every day, uh, day to day, or as far as your experience goes? Love the podcast and videos. Been a fan for a while now. Keep up the good work and entertain me in rainy Wales. Oh, Daniel. And it's only going to get rainier because we are getting bad with a storm at the moment uh, in the UK. Uh, have you got any swear words for uh, Daniel to uh, abuse his Japanese friends? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got a few. I mean, I, I don't want to go too far into the wacky world of Japanese swear words, but, uh, I mean, the first one everyone knows is baka. Mm. Baka, which means stupid, right? Yeah. If you want to go one step further, bakayoro. Bakayoro. Means, like, next level of stupid, you know, it's kind of next <laughs> level to that. Bakayoro. If you've ever played the arcade game Cho Chabadai Gaishi, where you flip the table over, which I put in a video, right. the fourth or fifth video I ever made, uh, the you say that as you flip the table, like the the game actually shouts it out really loud. So it's not a serious one. Don't people in Japan don't really use the word baka that much. They no. don't seem to do. I one one mistake a lot of foreigners tend to make is they use baka in a self-deprecating way, as if to say, "Oh, I'm stupid." But people don't really do that in Japan. I just find it's mm. awkward and weird if you do that to yourself. So yeah. If you want to, if you, someone's pissed you off though, just say, just call them baka or bakayaro and you'll win. <laughs> also, there's kuso, kuso, which means shit. Yeah. Kuso, K U S O. Pete's favourite. Kuso. What'd you fucking say? Satisfying. Uh, and then there's shine, shine, which means go die. Oh. Which literally means go and die. Shine. Um, and the last one, which isn't really a swear word, to be honest, I don't even know why it's on my list. Um, but my, aff- I was with my aforementioned Japanese girlfriend once driving around and we got pulled over by the police because she did some, some, something really minor. I think she was, she didn't stop at a crossroads where right. there was no cars coming anyway, but she did, she didn't stop and the police pulled her over and when she saw the sirens, she sort of went, oh, mukatsuku, mukatsuku, which means like, oh, so irritating, mukatsuku, mukatsuku. But that's not really a swear word. You can kind of say that to yourself. It's not a polite word, though. Don't use okay. it in formal situations. Don't use any of these words in formal situations or to people who are higher up than you. <laughs> um, keep them to friends. Keep them to friends. But yeah, uh, I like mukatsuku. Mukatsuku. It's an, it's, if you've been pissed off by something, just use that. I'll write that one that's down. That's my favourite one. Mukatsuku. Mukatsuku. On that naughty list. Beautiful. Mukatsuku. Mukatsuku. Fantastic. Don't write them down. You're going to bloody use them gonna, when, when yeah, you I'm come gonna, to Japan. Gonna, I know what you're like. I'm gonna, if they don't let me in because of my cholera um, epidemic, my one-man cholera <laughs> epidemic, I'm going to go, Makatsuka. Makatsuka. I am literally writing it down. <laughs> if, if that was, yeah, one-man cholera epidemic. Yeah, that's what they call me. YouTube channel name right there. 
Yeah, damn right. One. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. That was fun. I enjoyed that. That's all. That's all for today, though, isn't it? Yeah. We'll be these, back next these, week. These go so fast, these podcasts. We have such uh, fun. A few of your questions. Yeah. If you guys have any more questions to send in to us, abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be right here, sitting by the fax machine for your emails to come through. We'll be back same time next week on Wednesday. Sometimes I say Wednesday, sometimes I say Thursday. Depends Depending on where that. you are in the world, it comes out at a different time. Personally, Thursday for me, so I guess it's just Thursday in general. But anyway, <laughs> we'll be here. See you then, guys. Until then, have a great week, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world. Have a good one. We'll speak soon. Oh, Mukatsuka, Mukatsuka. Ha! <laughs> Psych.